When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Chuck Mendenhall, and I'm here to record another one of these pre-game previews. This one on Mexican Independence Day, Grasso versus Shevchenko 2. Wasn't sure I'd be back in the studio here. It's been a long time since I've had an invitation uh, to join the crew. I've seen Rashad Evans, uh, Aaron Bronstetter, just to name a couple of guys who've been floating through. Pretty sure they lost my number, but I'm back here. You know what I mean? I'm resilient. They finally yeah. found your number to call yes, you back. I know. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. So Nightmare blunt rotation one more time. I think generally we get together for these things for pay-per-views or big shows like that. This one's just a fight night, so you know it's big if they're calling in the big dog for that one. Both men have grown a little bit in their waist. Um, Who hired Chuck? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it is good to be back. It's always fun to visit Jersey City and... Uh, it has been too long. I think it's been a couple of months for me, so this will be good. All right, here's the thing. Saturday, September 16th, Mexican Independence Weekend in Las Vegas. No, Canelo's not fighting. No. He got pushed out. He the got... UFC is fighting. Yeah, T-Mobile Arena, UFC Fight Night. UFC Noche, and we are not racist. Try to be. No. Morning no. Combat coming at you with the pregame preview. Brian Campbell. Well, we are white. Co-host Luke Thomas in the middle of a family member in these parts. They finally yeah. found your number to call yes, you back. I know. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. The Iron Man or the Ice Man or, you know, the Ice Hole Chuck Minden. Yeah, right, ooh, there we go. I like All that. Right, I right. like that. Ice Hole Truckers over Nightmare here. blunt rotation one more time. Look at this. So this is a this is not too long removed from UFC 293. We're in this kind of weird year for the UFC where sometimes we get bad matchmaking. This is really good matchmaking, and for my money, really good product placement and brand awareness for the, for their customer for the UFC, which is trying to cut into that traditional combat sports, the two big Mexican holidays, you know, Cinco de, Mexican combat sports holidays, Cinco de Mayo, the Las Vegas trip for Independence Day in September. They're going that on that day. Mm -hmm. No Canelo, he's September 30th in Las Vegas. And they're bringing a free TV card with the championship on the line at 125 pounds in the women's flyweight division and new Mexican-born champion Alexa Grasso in a rematch with Valentina Shevchenko. First and foremost, Luke, is is it UFC Noche? Does that make any sense? UFC Night? UFC what are we Nights. doing here? Yeah, UFC Night. Isn't I don't it Fight Noche? Isn't I guess it doesn't make sense to do uh, Pelear or Pelea. Uh, Pelea. Yeah, it's a little too much. So I guess they just call it UFC Noche. Listen, I'll tell you what. Uh, I don't necessarily – I am a big fan of what they're doing. I think that this is a great thing that they're – 
undertaking. Uh, it makes sense in Las Vegas. It's a new way to promote. I'm t- I tell you that if you see it, when you go to Canelo Fight, you obviously see it. But, BC, it was an eye-opener for me because all the times I've seen big Mexican fighters, they were on, like, a big Canelo card. So, you know, even great names sometimes don't stand out or it's, like, other Latinos. But, like, when David Benavidez fought a Caleb Plant, and you got to see, yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, I, you, know, you know, you don't expect him to have the Canelo following. Dude, it wasn't far behind. Like... I was blown away at how much they rallied for him. These are rock-ribbed fight fans. The UFC has made massive inroads into this market. They have a great opportunity for a great fight. Putting it on, basically, I think it's still on ESPN+, Plus, but certainly not on pay-per-view. Um, you know, I won't call it a home run. They're going to fumble some stuff, which is mm. the point I was making. Well, but in general, in general, yeah. this is great. Well, not only is it great, the card's not a pay-per-view, but it feels like a special event given the fact that it's in almost a pay-per-view slot on a normal pay-per-view weekend for for boxing on the highest level. But, Chuck, giving it to the people, there's something to that. It's a strategy. This card's actually deeper than the pay-per-view card just a couple <laughs> weeks before UFC 292, like considerably up. deeper. But like, It's a better this, event. Can this gamble work? Is Grasso the right fighter at the right time in this Mexican takeover revolution with Brandon Moreno? And we've seen all, you know, all these new, Yair Rodriguez yeah. got to the title level, Aldana. Yeah. Can this work? Can this really work? I think so, but, I mean... They're almost a little late, and I know you can't change the date of September 16th, but at the same time, you know, there was a moment when this might have been a huge event. If Yard Rodriguez had come through in his situation, if Aldana had come through in her situation, um, who knows? I don't know what they would have done with this card, but I think that you have enough... We used to kind of place... Cain Velasquez and be like, okay, let's see. And then we kind of talked about Henry Cejudo, too. These are guys that weren't Mexico born, they weren't going to do, but they were they were moving shows down to Mexico City. They were doing that sort of thing, and it it felt like they were making the inroads. This feels like the actual inroads. Yeah. This feels like the moment. And if you look at some of the the, the fights that were scotched off of this card, uh, you know, it was going to be even it better. It was going yeah. to be a huge event, and I still think it's a very good as long as that main event is intact. I think we're in good shape. But I mean, they were trying to kind of stack this card. It would have been five really good fights if it had come through the way it was supposed to. So I think your answer to could this work? I think it could. Maybe they got lucky that there's no big major boxing event here, but the continued education of the Mexican fight fan to put UFC on that same level, well, you need the homegrown stars, and they've proven that they can do that. And, you know, Luke Kane, it didn't work as an experiment, but Kane was always a shoot-first wrestler, to be fair. Uh, He was supposed to be the big promising guy. He certainly was (laughs) when he beat Brock for the local um, second-generation or third-generation Latino market. But going to Mexico, you know, my wife one time made a point about Kane, and uh, when he fought Verdum, because they did a bunch of media and she oh, yeah. watched it. She was like, I don't know if you know this, but Verdum's Spanish is better than Kane's, like, like substantially, <laughs> you know, oh, but now, but now. So you've got a, somebody who can actually inform you on Yeah, a lot she of heard it and she was like, she was right. like, I think it's, it's, it's improved substantially since then. But How does she time, pronounce Bruce Leroy by any chance? Uh, you'd have to ask Leroy. her I can get it to record. But the point being I'm trying to make okay. here is, you know, they didn't quite have the local turn in the way they needed. And, you know, there has been some faltering in 2023, but the first fight between Grasso and Shevchenko, I rewatched it for obviously for today. What a fantastic fight this was. What an interesting rivalry one of the cases of an immediate rematch i do think makes sense yes. and yeah. a very interesting tactical battle there's a lot to like about this and it comes event. at the perfect time where this division is i want to say resetting but really launching for the first no, it time. is it is it is resetting but but i basically what i want to mean is this division's identity you know it hasn't been yeah. the the nico montano era oh it had this division's identity has Hope been valentina shevchenko and she's been incredible and she's been <laughs> all-time great in that run but all great runs come to an end. So, Chuck, when we look back, we've had, we've been blessed with some crazy yeah. upsets in the past 18 months of MMA, right? From Leon Edwards, Poetan, all the way through Juliana Pena. So many big moments. 
What should we have seen coming about the Shevchenko upset loss to Alexa Grasso in March? And are those answers more about Shevchenko or more about Grasso in terms of what we missed? We get into these tidal wave moments where we're like, who's the GOAT? Who's the GOAT? We were talking about Shevchenko in these terms, almost uncertain terms in these moments. I, I feel like she had kind of assumed that, especially with Amanda News having lost to Pena at one point fairly recently. And you're basically building her up. But we saw a very competitive to the point where you're like, the scorecards go, go, go either way in her previous fight with Talos Santos. Sure. And I think that that was maybe a red flag. But I think the bigger red flag, honestly, man, you, I think you might have pointed this out at some point. 35 is a is kind yeah. of a magic number where there's people fall off. Unless you, yeah, there's a stat. Unless you are a uh, the heavyweight division, right? I feel like there's you. Was it you? I think it was yeah, you who's two, talking about this. Two, two and twenty nine for a thirty five year old. Anyone under thirty five? Excuse me. Anyone over thirty five? Yeah. Battle fights, and that's basically Which is it's like fifty fifty. If you for take, welterweight yeah. and under. For welterweight and, this, and under. And yes. we're talking welterweight about welterweight to one twenty five. Yeah. We're talking about Shevchenko, who's had a competitive over three different kinds of combat sports going back twenty years. She's thirty five years old. You wonder. It's not a Max Holloway situation, like where you know he, like you mentioned, he has an Odomer that's running, but he's still showing up and he's still doing it. But you do wonder, with Shevchenko, has she lost that thing? Because I, I thought she looked great for them. You know, you just watched the fight. I thought she looked good through, especially as the fight was going on, and then she gets beat in the fourth round. But she was in a little bit of trouble early in that fight. So too. a couple times she was in trouble. So she was in trouble. There was a crucifix that Shevchenko got in the second round, I believe. Now, eventually, the great part about what Grasso did was she like relentlessly worked out of it. But she certainly lost that round. She had her back taken in the third round as well. But again, you know, did well to uh, fight it off. But the story of that fight, as far as I can tell, is two things. One, it turned Shevchenko into a yeah. wrestler. She was matter of factly just losing on the feet. Had her moments. But losing on the feet, and the thing that really stood out to me when watching it again, man, I got—I uh, really believe this is true. It, it happens for all champs. They—they they have a bunch of advantages that the rest of the division doesn't have, and that's how they excel so fast and beat all their rivals. But you can only get so good, and you're—you—you you can't really improve. And then when you fight the best over time, a lot of tape develops on yeah. you. The Grasso team. They knew not just what the right ideas were, but the actual tactical choices they made mm -hmm. about working around her lead hook and all the her defensive tendencies. They had a brilliant game plan, and she was there. All of the tape on her is now starting to work against her sure. because well-schooled fighters can really begin to dissect her, and now the division's catching up. You're right, and yeah. Valentina was as busy and decorated as, as anyone we'd seen. It did feel like if there were some things we should have saw coming, then maybe it was the Valentina. You know, facing real competition against Jennifer Maya for the first time where she had to make some adjustments. And then certainly mm -hmm. the Tyler Santos fight was a, a stopping point on asking a question if things had caught up to Valentina or is there parts of her game that isn't completely well-rounded. I think the best thing I can say about the way the title changed hands there is it wasn't necessarily like Nunes Pena won. That even though Pena had this incredible moment that was caused by her heart and will... You could not have watched that fight, including the comments afterwards and putting the pieces together, not realize that wasn't the best of Amanda right. Nunez. That, that felt like an aberration. It did. The rematch yeah. seemed to confirm yes. that, right? I'm just mouthing. The rematch <laughs> doesn't always confirm it, but it really did right there. Grasso didn't win this by accident. <laughs> Even if you're focusing nope. on the big Shevchenko mistake, yeah. which led to the finish, she finished Even her. the back take was... Even Nunes getting finished by right. Pena, we always said, well, look, she didn't actually tap. Yeah. She kind of just fell apart and like was like a dead body, and they just yeah. weighed the... I know she tapped, yeah. but it was more out of just exhaustion. This was fight the champ at her best, no excuses, yeah. no injuries, and submit her. Yeah. So... Should we look at Alexa Grasso, who, by the way, is the betting underdog in the rematch with Shevchenko? That's big, which I understand. As yeah. somebody who's trying to protect their stake like Leon Edwards was against Usman and, and prove it's not a one-hit wonder, 
or is she someone that like could have legit staying power? There's another stat that it sort of compounds almost with the uh, you know being 35, but the person who loses the belt generally in these rematches, you know doesn't do well like they come back and i think that, that there there's uh, that's where amanda news kind of bucked the trend to be honest and it, i remember pointing this out back then but there's something psychological that happens too and you mentioned this i'm like okay so grasso comes in well prepared what are the adjustments that shevchenko is going to make and then what how does grasso counter but at the same time i think the psychological edge now goes to grasso he's the younger fighter you're doubting now like Vegas is doubting. I think some people, I've talked to certain people who think that the first fight was fluky, but you're like, now you're doubting somebody and putting an extra chip on her shoulder mm. to do it again. You know what I mean? I, and I feel like you look at it, there's kind of in the, those abstract kind of uh, intangibles and I kind of, you, you like grass. Also, they're, they're booking her in a kind of emotional moment. September 16th, in, you know, Mexican oh, yeah. Independence Day. They're, they're kind of counting on her showing They're up. making her the face of the flag in That's a lot what of ways. I'm saying. This is a big moment. So Luke, is it... Is there any elements to it that's fluky? Like, it was a Shevchenko mistake that set it up, but boy, did Grasso slide into the moment and make a finish happen that so, we wouldn't have we wouldn't expected that, would it? So the, there's, a, there's a competing narrative, if you want to believe it. The re reality was Grasso won the fight on the feet to the extent that it was on the feet, certainly the first round. But then rounds two and three were Shevchenko rounds, kind of in a boring way, but through wrestling. There is at least an argument to make that you could see Shevchenko physically picking it up <laughs> in the fourth and maybe Grasso starting to fade when she made that error that Grasso legitimately took advantage of because of her good preparation. Like, there, there's nothing fluky about that. The rematch, to me, the biggest question is the physicality and the takedown defense and the ability to cause separation between Grasso and Shevchenko. If she can manage that, there's no doubt in my mind she can win. There's a different fight from distance, and that represents yes. where the odds are. You, like, again, we go back to it. Footwork being a part of takedown defense, yeah. all of it being related. Because, again, Shevchenko couldn't do a whole lot to her except get good positions. So Grasso can survive, but that's not enough to beat her if this fight's going to be there. you got to shut that shit down quickly. Can't she do that? Shevchenko, even at 35, yeah. still a physical powerhouse. All right, Chuck, Grasso in that fight showed us that she was better than we thought, but it's really about this larger reinvention to this new weight class. She was... She, she, you know, weighed out of the former weight class mm -hmm. at 115, which had the deeper pool. Now 125 suddenly infused with everybody, including Rose. I mean, it's wild how <laughs> yeah, deep this division got. She's the queen of this division. Is it Was it more about just finding the right weight class and then allowing Maybe. her skills to – because I didn't feel like there was anything actually fluky about the way she won it. She was at the right moment, the right time, and she delivered the right I performance. Think, so I mean, how, how good is she compared to this growing I mean, division around her? I mean, give me the answers here, Chuck. Please. I'm feeling – Black thought. She's, definitely, she's definitely become better and better. There was a time between 2017 and 2019, I believe, where she went two and three. She loses to, like, Felice Herrig's. Like those types, yes. and you're sort of like, ah, damn, I, I, Chuck. But I mean, lost up Elise Harry. I'm like, shit. <laughs> of all the, no, I'm just saying, like, you you wouldn't think that that would be on her resume, but there was a point in time, because she had a lot of hype before that. I felt like she kind of had some hype, but that took it away. And I have to, I mean, I'd be lying if I said I, I foresaw that she was going to come back and become a champion and like kind of turn it on as she has. But she's been a very bright fighter. She's kind of. What is it? Her, the, the the Lobo Gym. What is a uh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I feel like they're the, yeah. They're mm -hmm. really well coached, and, which means Wolf. Yeah. yeah, and they're they're well coached, and I feel like she has shown that. And I think just her showing up in that fight, the first round, you could tell that there wasn't a lot of intimidation. There, right. you, you imagine that like there was. This is somebody who we'd put up almost on a mythological level in that in that women's flyweight. Like we were talking about Shevchenko in terms of well, you know, the goat and all these things. 
And sometimes people just aren't buying into that. They use it as fuel, but you could just tell that she was not going dude, to be intimidated by Look her. how well they scouted her. They scouted her, dude. They knew all the different parts of her tendencies, of her, of her shot choices. Again, they were overmatched physically when it came to it, but at yeah. distance. Remember how many times she was able to cover distance and then get Valentina leaning back and then drill her? You couldn't believe it. You're like, oh, my God, she keeps doing it. They yeah. knew. If they can scout that well before, what's to say they couldn't do that again? Like, this is a very well – like the the strategic abilities of the coaches over there is high level. Like they're in this fight, make no mistake about it. I believe that. Valentino is thirty five now. The first fight in March before she she turned in good birthday. shape for thirty five. I'm sure for yeah. her birthday on Instagram, there's been a lot of creeps probably you know commenting. She's she probably has, firing a lot of guns. She has the grossest <laughs> audience. Pound she, for pound. She does. Dude, her fans are the grossest. That is true. One hundred percent are into auto erotic asphyxiation, which is you know if that's your bag. What I'm quite sure Cannibal Corpse has a whole album about that topic. Probably, <laughs> probably, and more than that. You know that's a fair point. But I'm just gonna say like her fans. I mean, you need to go to horny jail. You know. So how big of a... <laughs> You're talking to one of them. Yeah, like, stop Look, it, please. You said Amanda Nunes bucked the trend of winning back the title, especially at an advanced age. In Tell me some you do ways, no fucking without telling me you do no fucking. In some ways, Adesanya did the same thing, although he's we, we consider him closer to the, to the peak of the prime in a yeah. lot of ways, but he went back in there after losing the title. How big would this win be for Shevchenko? Is this win merely wow. to put the to put a giant wad of gum on the hole in the side of the dam of her eventual rise to all-time great... greatness, which she'll still get to. She, she's proved that. She's earned that. But how big a win from a GSP correcting the Matt Sarah, you know, hole on his resume and doing I it emphatically? It, I think it would be big in the sense that from this, you know, from the people in the bubble, I don't feel like it was a fluke. So... If she goes in there and makes it seem like a fluke suddenly, she goes in there and blows right through Alexa Grass, you'd be like, well, I mean, now we're, this is crazy. Like she's, you know, able to restore. But we just haven't seen that. But I, I think if she's able to, if she's able to, regain, uh, to recapture that title, we were already talking about her in the stratosphere of like the women's all time fighters. I mean, to me, that would be a big deal. Because I just I feel like these, this is when it starts to go stack against your age. You have somebody who, like you were saying, not not intimidated. I think you've worn the target long enough now where, you know, just stay hungry at that level and to be that target for so long, to overcome that is very difficult. Yeah, you motivate somebody yeah. that talented and dangerous to be at their absolute no question yeah. best like she's going to have to be here, was, you're going to get a some. dangerous version even at 35 of Chevchenko. Look, you know that. Uh, I don't think there's any question. She's strategic as well. She's technical. When is she not technical? I mean, even when you make a mistake or overcommitment to a certain kind of technique, whatever you, whatever you want to attribute the loss, to Grasso, too, lack of focus. You know, no one can have perfect performances all the time, dude. She's a fucking – dude, she's an institution, and she is yeah. the institution of this division. Like, you know, I mean, that's who she is. But, again, I go back to it, man. I think, like, uh, I really think people are sleeping. Like, they always talk about, like, the hunger of Mexican fighters, like, the ability to go to war. But Playoff she battle. got outplayed in on the feet in the first fight. She got outplayed. That's where she yeah. took the back. The back happened standing yes. on the feet. She got outplayed on the feet fair and fucking square. No, no two ways about it. It's crazy, too, because if you look at the stats, and I mean, you just watch it, but it just kind of glance at the stats, she was getting outstruck. But, of course, a lot of that's inside, right? Like, it's a, a lot of um, inside stuff. But I just think that having done it once, you know, and then still being doubted works for Grasso. If you just kind of look at her for psychology, sure. the way that she's, uh, her, you know, the way she talks and thinks, I think it benefits her in the end. Uh, it'd be really interesting. I mean, it, it, I love this type of fight because... You could see the path easily for Shevchenko in that first fight. Like, what, what it was going to be. Do you just ratchet it to a 10 and just say, like, all right, I, I don't care if we spoil 
you know, Mexican Independence Day and everybody boos me, but I'm going to win the way I need to win. You know what well, I mean? When we saw Shevchenko at her greatest, which was the run initially she had as, as flyweight champion, she could win any single way, and, and she certainly can. And even if we felt she had holes in wrestling against Santos, you know she worked as hard as crazy to build up to the Grasso fight to try to repair that hole. She can do everything. Do we need to see her, though, be more offensive in trying to prove this point and come back and win this? Because when we have seen her out of necessity, think of like the second half rallies against Amanda Nunes. I mean, Shevchenko is awesome. She's known more as the counter striker, and maybe that's where she's at her best. But if she goes attacking yeah. Grasso here and becomes the when aggressor. Does she do that? When does she do that? Dude, this ain't Jessica I, bro. She had to do it against Holly Holm, and she... And she, she <laughs> I mean, I know... See, the thing is, Grosso started out as not necessarily a slam-dunk prospect. An interesting prospect, a good prospect. Yes. But it wasn't like she was like Bo Nickel or something. Right. Like, Holy fucking shit. She was but, just young and from Mexico. And that's I, right. She was and, getting some wins. And I think all yeah. of us were like, can Mexico... At the time, Obviously, but this is the best it's ever been in Spanish-speaking MMA. So, like, you know, seven, eight years ago, you had a question of, like, how far they could go. Dude. They're they're ready, like they're here, like they are on par with it. And uh, that last fight was was fascinating to see. I, I, I really think that the limits where she couldn't do that in the wrestling game, and I think you're gonna have to to win this one. We'll fucking see. Yeah. Damn, this is a great fight in the midst of a great division and a crazy month for this division. You think whoever coming down do, from those gummies, you, do you guys get though. You get the sense like Shevchenko, her identity is fighting right like she's just such a oh, yeah so i feel like there's certain people like she travels almost nomadically from camp to camp she's been doing it for so long and i think that she looks at herself as like i, I think she looks at it like what happened that night is not it yeah this is what what's about to happen is that and I, it's just that weird like she's got something to her that just always keeps it alive like she is if she shows up and does it it would be because that's her mindset too like she just but, okay believes but she is that person and that's where she belongs you know but chuck even if she wins here i do think her like already she lost the title recapturing it would that be is big. True. her days are numbered uh oh no they are 100 whether point, whether though. she beats grasso or not yeah i don't like well, my point for either like one. the rest of the 125ers no, I, are, I are coming for look if grasso yeah. gets a second win over shevchenko it says a lot about the further forward trajectory of, of how we should look at her and what she has accomplished and for shevchenko to regain it it's a another massive you know jewel on the crown but is there any scenario in which this might demand a third fight? I'm not really <laughs> sure because the people knocking on the door next from Aaron yeah. Blanchfield to the winner of Rose Namajunas and Manon Ferro to like a solid group. You got the old guard, the same guard that already fought Valentina and lost that are still in that top 10, but the, the ones coming behind them yeah. also are very... And we are recording this before... Before Rose, Man, yes. Macy Barber, Miranda Maverick, <laughs> yeah. King Casey O'Neill. I mean, you're That's starting to thing, accumulate I think, names. I mean, I feel like you get to that point in in all these divisions because you could you start to make you could start to make cases for lots of rematches. But there's points when you got a lot of exciting possibilities in your contenders. You got to keep it rolling, right? I, we would so, only get a trilogy if this was a fight of the year and Shevchenko won, correct? Or people thought um, she got away with like a horrible robbery. Something like so that. Some, something like yeah. that. Which would be unfortunate. If yeah, which happens. obviously it would no one no one no one wants. Not trying to jinx okay, it. Yeah. What do we settle as the true meaning of this fight to Shevchenko's resume? You can argue that she's on the Mount Rushmore of women's MMA right yeah. now. You can certainly make that argument, okay? She if she wins this and regains her title and adds more title defenses against these other big names out there, Rose is a potential huge one. If she gets out of that early yeah. fight, we have no idea. Um if she doesn't win, though, and this is the end of her title run, who knows who she could fight on the way out or how long she would want to stay fighting. But how important is this fight getting a win and cementing 
what we feel like she's already accomplished. What do you think? One of the most consistent and decorated and accomplished champions in history. But does she need this to retain all that? Does she need this win to sort of cement I think she's kind of solidified herself, win or lose. I don't know. You tell me. But I feel like win or lose, like, where she's at, what she was able to do with this division. And, uh... I forget. Well, how many was it? Like nine? Nine in a row? Like Something like that, yeah. It's, it's, it was She's a ridiculous run. She's got like six run. title the first seven Ridiculous run. I mean, it's ridiculous. So I feel like it really comes down to, for the longest time, it was kind of like Amanda Nunes, Valentina. I, I still, at this point, would probably have Amanda now, number one. Yes. And then I would have Shevchenko. I don't know if it would matter to me if she was Cyborg there, too. Don't she forget. is Cyborg. Cyborg is there. The only difference, and I, I, this is always the hardest thing, you grapple with this all the time, is like Cyborg's level of competition over the years. It's just, it's not her fault. She has fault. good wins. She, she good does wins. have good wins. Chuck, that's why I posed this and question. And her longevity is insane. Because that, that's 100 That's why I posed this question. Because the one negative against what Shevchenko has done, now she already established herself at 35, even with losing twice to Nunes, and, and both were very close, she already established that she's a, all, you know, she's a great threat in that division. What yeah. she's done at 25 has been amazing. But now that the division has caught up to her, she had a close fight with Maya. Had a real close fight with Tyler yes. Santos. Loses to Grasso. If she right. loses again, how much would we look at what she accomplished and say, I know what you're saying. well, that division <laughs> sucked. It was Jessica I, it was Chukagi, and it was Lauren Murphy. Well, sometimes the larger the larger picture does have to sort of unfold that way, doesn't it? So that's it's what I'm saying. Of... Is there more at stake in what she needs to do here to prove she can beat the new generation? Yeah, players? I mean, listen, the reality is the best way to leave a division is when you have to hand back the belt to everyone right. because they couldn't take it from you. What GSP did again? People say he got lucky in the Hendricks fight. Whatever, he still won. It's what John Jones did. I mean, the, you're, yeah. you're talking about the people who just, you know, t- you uh, you literally cannot get this off of my hands. So I'm just gonna have to like gift it <laughs> to you, fucking chumps. That's that's what you want. <laughs> if she was able and to beat, is. if she was able to beat Grosso, I mean, there's still a question of other ones. But to do it at 35, yeah, I think would be. I wouldn't say necessarily her most important win, but in the catalog of important wins, yeah. that one would hold a special place. Yes, I do right. believe that. If Shevchenko wins back the title, and if Rose can advance quickly in this division, I think that's a big fight that they would make, and I'd be all in for that. But win or lose, win or lose for Shevchenko. Does she get offered a vacant Bantamweight title shot? Is that what the promotion seems to be waiting for in advancing mm. what has happened post-Amanda Nunes' retirement? We don't know what's going to happen to 145. It feels like Dana's going to fold it. 135, you can argue they should keep it alive. Needs some help. Needs, so needs some is renovation. Is the Shevchenko loss the best thing that can happen for women's Bantamweight and the promotion? Or, or a win and just moving up either right. way. But moving up for I think sure. that would be the better scenario. What, winning she wins up, and yeah. moves up. I think that's yeah. the better scenario. So you wouldn't need her to say, hold on, hang around and fight Blanchfield first. Hold on, hang around yeah. and fight, you know. If she's smart, she stays Dude. upstairs clear of Blanchfield and goes. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm if I'm if I'm Shevchenko, I mean, everyone wants to pretend elite fighters don't pick and choose who they fight. Of fucking course they do. Not all the time, but yeah. sometimes it when it matters, especially when they're moving weight classes, I wouldn't fucking blame her. Her resume is again in this scenario, well, that's already amazing, but in the scenario you're positing, it'd be even better. You couldn't criticize it. Why you, why are you smirk? Because you use positing. I've never actually heard it used that way. I'm sort of saying, is that, a, you know, Greek derivative of position? I don't understand. How do you say positing in Spanish? Is there? No, no say. I don't know. No say. All right. Well, that's your main event for UFC Noche. Yes, not a pay-per-view card. No but Close enough, it's which is no- why Coco we are giving it the pregame preview treatment where it goes without saying, so I didn't say it off the top. But you know what you're getting, thanks to the magic of this Modelo that Chuck's drinking in this IPA. I'm hiding it back here. Do you magic know what's true about Luke, my wife's last name? You're still getting the magic of real talk. Yeah, let's hear it. Particularly 
like men do. Yeah, no one wants to hear this, but in this era of suffrage, Luke. Suffrage. It's like ellipses and then no. Isn't that plural for suffering? Uh not necessarily. I don't know. Um but I was gonna say was I'm not gonna say my wife's last name, but let's just imagine it sounds like Gutierrez, right? Okay. Yeah. When my wife used we used to go to bars, she would say her last name with her accent. And the fucking bartender every time be like, What? What fucking name? <laughs> He'd be like, Lady, I can't understand you. And I would literally go over there and just like this, I'd be like, Yeah, Gutierrez. And he'd be like, Why didn't you say so? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, see? Fucking A. And then he'd go and find it right away, you know? Every situation needs a gringo to clarify. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, step aside. Let me handle this. <laughs> step aside. I'm doing the hump. The hump. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so our co main event. And I think this Dude, will you know be what I noticed? I noticed I'm starting to get gray hairs in my mustache. It's over for me, bro. The gray has taken Dude, me the away. the drapes match the carpet? Oh, yeah, dude. I got some grace. I got <laughs> that grace. That means he's got a yeah, gross Why? a-hole. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, well, what, what is yours? Amazing? <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of shit, no, uh, let's go on this card. If this ends up being the co-main event, I'm certainly into it, okay? This is not a pay-per-view. It's a glorified fight night card, and I like this card a lot. But Kevin Holland is coming the hell on at fight. welterweight. You got nothing to do and with that, Mexican MMA, but it's great. And yeah. that submission win over Michael Chiesa, the second straight win, seemed to elevate, in my opinion, Holland away from being Donald Cowboy Cerrone 2.0. I'll fight anybody at any time, and that's mm. my rhythm, and I'm going to win and lose some and talk shit in the cage. Now, I think he actually is a welterweight contender. Only... He's fighting I mean, the guy who could have next in this entire division, Jack Della Maddalena, unbeaten in the UFC, 15 and yeah. 2 overall. But Maddalena's coming off a split decision against a guy you never heard of in a fight that he just. Who's very good, who was unheralded, True. turned out to be quite good. Yeah. All I'm saying is, this is a <laughs> tough fight for both the of them. Yeah. It's an important fight for the welterweight division. Chuck, what excites you the most about this one? I think, honestly, in his last fight, Maddalena, like. The situation being what it was, like what what he moved off a card, he goes back a week, he takes on this is the third opponent he was supposed to be facing within that amount of time, right? The fact that he was able to win it at all should speak some volumes. It's, it's funny that we focus on, well, you should have put him away, but we're used to him smoking guys in the first round. He has like three, what was it four in a row? Like he had four in a row in the first round. He was put in a very difficult situation. I think you're closer to the truth on this, but that the the duties facing just happened to be a little better than people understood. Well, he, too. Was, he was a champion out of a good jersey promotion. He so was, he was legit. it's it's one of those type of things. So the fact that he got through it to me is like, all right, he's got some metal. Now we, you know we're supposed to get him against Sean Brady, and which always was like, ooh, this could be a you know come to earth moment for this guy. Yeah, but for both guys, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. see yeah. the guy's name, Basil. Hefez? Hefez. Hefez, yeah. Hefez was the gentleman who pushed. Yeah, that, that, can fight, that guy can fight his ass off. He, was, he was good. He was good. He was good. Um, or is it Basile? I don't know. I don't but, know. But, you know, know. It, this to me is kind of going back now to almost like the Sean Brady thing where, like, you, you're casting wow. a lot of doubt, right, onto yeah. the situation. If we're trying to escalate uh, and trying to put this guy into a situation where he can be in contention soon, this is a tough test. I mean, this is... Madeline's not going to wrestle. I mean, I don't think, right? I, he's not going to try to put him. Is he going to try to do anything like this, like wrestle and put him on his back, like what we what we saw, like the kryptonite for Holland uh, earlier, like what a couple years ago when guys were doing that. But I feel like it plays out mostly on the feet, and so like uh, it yeah. could go that way. I mean, it could go either way. Also, here. Holland kind of gets tuned up a little bit early as well, yeah. and then rebounds on the feet too. So. 
It's an interesting one. I feel like there's a people who are real high on Jack Dale and Maddalena for a lot of good reasons. He, he was entering Bo Nickel hype territory for a short season. For a short season. And then, the, you know, the, the last fight was, I think he performed quite ably. I think short notice fights really skew perspective about what's happening. But there it's are people. situation. There are people who are concerned. Remember when, remember when Rick's story beat Nate Marquardt? He was thrown into that. Yeah. Derailed all this. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. It's like it's hard to just change yeah. opponents like who that. Who made Rick's story bleed from the ears? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, was it... The cowboy? That, well, from the face, we'll it was Demi and Maya. Oh, as we Maya, started to yes. leak. Yes, started just to making leak. a leak. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I forgot what I was talking about with... Uh, <laughs> when you just utterly... We drag just, you down side streets. You're talking about Madalena being a super... Oh, so I'm saying there are partner. some people who... Even the people who are high on him... They're a little concerned. He takes yeah. big punches, yeah. takes some risk, and against some of the better guys, which I think Holland certainly is at this point, a dangerous guy. I think we would all agree. There are people who are wondering, uh, does he come back to earth with this one? They're a little bit yeah. concerned. Well, they, don't Luke, know. they don't know. You've always been a hashtag body guy. Does Della Maddalena enter Joaquin Buckley, Big E of WWE, chest fame as arguably having the best pecs in the game? Joaquin mm. Buckley? Yeah. New Manzo gets it, gets it done oh, in the yeah, way. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He does. Ooh, yeah. Um... You know, Bilal Muhammad, I think, is a strong contender. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. Uh, you know, got great first team all he's got, chess. He's got great cans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He really does. First team all uh, cleave. First team all <laughs> chess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar for a heavyweight certainly had an interesting... Well, he had know, that sword, though, that had the Thorax, interesting so, top. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Even yeah. Cheeto said he was cool with it. You know, you got to take that for what it's worth. Oh, you asked Cheeto about Brock Lesnar's Yeah, we did. The, it looks like a, a pen goes, I top. think he said, you know, it's kind of ugly, but it works for him. You see, that's yeah, also him right. showing respect to a man that is so large and that even in his 60s would would still kill us all. Dude, I look like a used car salesman in the 70s. Yeah, this fucking haircut and beard you combo. Did. I've just look, look at this fucking. No, looks pretty good. Who looks at this and goes, "This is a great combo. This is a great oh, combo a that works." Combo. That's a good combo. Apparently, your wife and your employer. Yeah, they can for now. For now. Yeah, for now. For now. Don't uh, fret. Chuck, Della Maddalena looked like the brighter, the br the guy with the brighter future. Just you know, one fight ago, maybe Luke saying did we're you just Mitch McConnell on air. Maybe we're just saying. <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> maybe. Uh, but Kevin Holland just showed with this two-fight win streak that he seems like he's ready to be a factor. There's a quick turnaround at Ovis yeah. for Kevin Holland. Who is most likely with a win, though? Usually after he flirts with leap. like going to another weight class, too. It's like and then he's like right back. But who is most likely to well, literally leap into legit title contention with a win? Madalena would, because I think that this type of win, especially I, I just think that he's, you know, he's carrying that tension wire into it. Like, is he a guy like this or not? And I think this is a guy to give him over that hump. If he goes in there and does what he's been doing to the previous four guys, not the last guy, but the previous four guys, where he just Gets it done, explosive kind of. Uh, it comes out of, like uh, it comes out the victor, quick fight like that. I feel like it's him, man. I feel like he he's that guy. That's what they. I mean, I feel like they're that's what they're kind of grooming him for, right? Like they yeah. want him to be the guy, but um, 
This this would be the one to me that would show they're that he has always it. looking for the next big yeah. guy yeah. in a big market to be the face. Is he? You know, his time is limited. Grooming is big in MMA. To be fair, though, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of husband slash coaches. You know what I mean? Just yeah. oh, I know people are like how, how come you want to roll your daughter in jiu-jitsu? I'm like, well, well, um, yeah, to be fair, yeah, <laughs> pretty I mean, good Celine, reason actually. Celine Dion has the same ending too. Just to be fair, Celine Dion. Remember she had that manager slash fifty year old oh, guy. Yeah, they, they got married. Yeah, they got. Yeah, married. I mean, it happened. Elvis, wow. you know, Elvis and Jerry Lee. Lewis also dipped a little low. You know, oh. we don't hold that against them. Yeah. Uh, Carl Malone. Carl Malone, Malone did as well. Wow. wow. Oh, Carl Malone? Yeah. Yeah, it turns out Carl Malone's a real bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he could have been defensive coordinator of Penn State. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, it turns out that way. It's like we've hey, got a 15-minute show again. Luke, Everything's getting cut out. Luke, the Kevin Holland welterweight transformation, has there been changes to the game sure. or is this just a better weight class? No, it makes much better decisions, better footwork. Uh, I think better takedown defense. Uh, more well-rounded, just more thoughtful, just yeah. more thoughtful. Really a guy making much more considered decisions rather than just kind of going out there with feel. And, like, the other part, too, is he still talks shit a little bit, yeah. but he's even dialed that back a little bit, not as a personality, not when there's a microphone, but, like, in the cage, he'll still do it a little bit, but you can see him much more, like, in the moment, present fighting versus in the moment on the camera. And it has, I think, in general, I mean, the, the Hamza fight was, you know, yeah. didn't go his way, but he's not fighting Hamza yeah. here, and I think he's, yeah. a, you know, a, a tough he, test. He will fight anyway. He, he, can he rescue, though? Because I feel like at one point... Kind of Holland was the guy. It's almost in uh, Madalena's spot. Like, he was the guy that we're watching. He was a and pandemic then, superstar. He was. Yes. And then, like, you know, he gets taken the ground back-to-back. -back. One's live on ABC. I felt like at that point it was it just plummets, even though he's had good moments since then. Can he, he rescue the, he that? Got, like, he got in the mean, right weight class. He true. got more screen time than Fauci. It's true, COVID. but, like, if say he wins. This is a weird one, too, because sometimes you go take out the prospect that everybody's a little excited about, people kind of hold it against you a little bit. You That's know what true. I'm saying? That's true. That's true. Yeah. So, like, I don't know how he... Remember when Mickey Gall took out CM Punk, the same thing happened, you know? Just, you <laughs> well, know? kind of. It's yeah. kind of true. Do you, remember that, do you remember the highlight reel they made of, like, somewhere in practice CM Punk taking some sparring <laughs> partners back? <laughs> and everyone was like, guys, he figured it out. <laughs> then they he showed a it. suplex from WWE. He figured it out. He figured out. Jiu-Jitsu, he did it. Yeah. He did it. And then he goes in there and just gets, I mean, worked Look, like I want a to remind you that job. you don't do those kind of fights in the UFC. You'll have to take uh, that to give me oh promotions. You know so what I mean? That is so true. Um, is he a bad guy or a good guy? Phil, Bro Phil Brooks, the, the character. Like, I mean, normally a good guy who fights against evil, though. Almost is he like, like a, a Diaz Hood. guy kind of? Thing? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a counterculture hero. Okay. That's the best All way right. to say. It. But he rails against establishment. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like like even though he's like deeply entrenched in the firmament of it. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like the role we play in MMA media. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. We're nothing if not hypocrites. That but is. We that's also true. win a lot. Does he call fights now with John Morgan? I feel like he does. All right. He does. Uh, is, yeah, he might be pretty good. I don't know. First question. I'm just gonna hold this award to remind. Yeah. Always something there to remind me. Um, all right, that's what I got on Hol Holland. Hold that like it's your cat. And Holland and your versus face. Mr. Look at this guy. Bob Dabalina it's heavy, there. Isn't it? um, when I make references like that, most people don't get it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's early 90s rap. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, you know, public service. You only know the white rappers. Just though, to remind that is people. True. Can I get my close up cam just to remind people? It is uh, Colombia. Correct. Colombia. Not Colombia. That's correct. Columbia. You that's say correct. Caceres. That's right. I say <laughs> casserole. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. I got right. that. I got that in Cartagena. I was like, this is perfect for Uncle Gringo. By the way, this is true. What Violetta said the other day. I, yeah, I, I, I texted. I texted BC about this, and uh, I, I had like pictures. I was looking at on Google Photos on my browser on my on my on my thing, and there was like a bunch of different people. I forget exactly what I was looking for, and she was like, "Where's your brother?" 
And no I way. thought she was talking about um, I, Matt. Uh, my brother Matt. Uncle Matt. Yeah. And I was like, who? And she goes, Uncle Gringo. And I no. was like, oh, holy shit. I was like, I was like, hopefully dead, baby Make girl. Those no shirts. See, the thing that I can always, you know, that prevents me from ever truly like cutting Luke off from the rest of my life is Tuki's like one of the better humans of all, one of the better creations. She you is. Know? Another. She's an angel. Creation. Don't you yeah. forget it. Aisha, yeah. Aisha. Yeah. So glad to meet you. Hey, let's continue on down this card because there's a bantamweight. Dude, I had to too. buy wipes when I was on Columbia. Can you imagine being 44 and going to the pharmacy and being like, I need butt wipes. <laughs> you need a camera crew following. Do they not the have TP there? They do, but it was, dude, it was. Um, Does it have like rocks in it? I had to like, oh, I had to find a way to do like, it. I needed some softer treatment, you know. I needed, yeah, yeah. I needed some help. Yeah, they, they do have harsh. Yeah. Put bit. some there aloe vera. Oh, uh, there's going to be a bantam weight fight, and Terrence Mitchell's in it, but that's not the story. So what's Terrence the story? Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell. Terrence, Terrence Mitchell. Mitchell. So what's the story, Morning Glory? Why don't you run down for five five or ten minutes just Terrence Mitchell's resume for us? <laughs> I don't think I can. Look, don't look back in anger. Uh, I don't. Okay. I heard you say. Um, Raul Rosas Jr. looked as if he could really be, you know, a Dana White Contender Series graduate, oh. the youngest. I feel like you got thoughts on this. I, mean, yeah, like, I feel like, like I've a, been right about this, He too. could have been the first teenage UFC champion, yeah. for all we know, yeah. Luke. But then he had a close-up fight, a step-up fight. Do you yeah. remember the gentleman's name who sent him? To a uh, decision defeat? Uh, I'd have to look it up. I, Isn't I, it Rodriguez? Christian Rodriguez? Or did I make that up? Um, what, can the guys in the back tell us? I mean, I do have a, I do have the internet right here. I can. I know, but I'm lazy. All right. So, I Chuck, I Raul Rosas. Who's was the last guy Raul Rosas Jr. fought? Yes. That, Christian Rodriguez. I, I nailed that. Yes. yes good, very wow. good job. Yeah, yeah dude. Like, everyone is like, oh my God, he's so yeah. great. I'm like, yes, for 18. Yeah. He is very, very talented for 18. There can be simply no denying that. He is a skilled fighter for his age. But putting him in the UFC now is, at best, questionable. Did mm -hmm. we at not best. learn from Freddie Adu? Well, Who we some now pe no, did. No. We have some now people, bid. Some Adu. people, yeah. Hey, DC United <laughs> legend. DC United. Is that a song? Like, no, the, yeah. the Screaming Eagles chanted at it. Redskins, Redskins, we're racist. Shouts to the Screaming Eagles. But everyone was like, oh, my God, he's so great. And I'm like, guys, you haven't grown into your man strength. You haven't had that much training yeah. time. You just haven't. It haven't. There hasn't been enough time. And so, like, the fact that he is good at finding the back, that, you know, and staying on there. But it's just a – he is green. He is oh, yeah. green yeah. as shit. So, like, could he turn out to be good? Yes. But you are risking this fucking guy's development by just throwing him, even with a soft treatment in the UFC, throwing him into the UFC against like grown men, like 25 years old. Um, Greener okay, than we're Luke's see what happens. dehydrated shit after a flight home from Columbia, right? You know, because he tries to yeah, keep those liquids in. The wipes. Chuck, how if do he loses you, this fight, though, how I mean, do you bounce this. back? How do That's, you bounce back from that? I mean, he didn't lose with one punch KO, I mean, but he got solved. He got exposed. Exposure? He did not have on, a deep I'm game. I'm more on your side because, you know, who's the guy's name? Terrence um, Mitchell. Mitchell. You know, he beats Terrence Mitchell. It just keeps setting up. I'm not sure you're going to have, like, what you do with him. It has to be one of the slowest. If they're doing it without being negligent, you know, you, you probably want the slowest kind of build, right? Like, to put him All right, in equal situations. What if you put him in there against TJ Dillashaw's other arm just to... Draw. We draw. That's a stupid joke. <laughs> I want you to know that. I think that's a stupid okay, joke. thank you. Thank on you. On the record. Put that on record. But if he loses, and I, this is where you're like, man, he's 18 years old. If he was feeling invincible, you'd just beat that out of him before he even had a chance to really get yeah. rolling. So you hate to see that, honestly. As precocious as he might seem, 
you don't want to put him in situations where you kind of break him at 18 years old or where you put him in okay. situations like that. Luke, what lost him that fight? Was it was it just inexperience? Was it lack of cardio? Was it the big moment got to him? What is it? Uh, I mean, probably a few things. I think, you know, when you're 18 and you're beating up everyone in your gym, you think, oh, I can just do that. I'll just I'll just do that at the UFC. And then you realize that shit doesn't work the same way against another pro fighter who's got some decent experience who has, like, you know, more or less earned this position. And he didn't have anywhere else to go. And so once he faded, he didn't, you know, it was a big learning lesson for him. So the question is this, like, you know, I'm being sober about where he's at and I think mm -hmm. what he's risking. But you're asking, like, what, you know, what could he do here? Let's see how he takes not just losses, but, like, what lessons he learns from that. His cardio wasn't where it needed to be and his strategy wasn't where it needed to be. And, like, you need to see some adjustment around that. Just thinking you're going to get on a guy's back right away and choke him out right away. Nuh-uh, dude. It doesn't work that way. Who's a boxer who was on maybe the Jake, one of the Jake Paul fights who was 18. Ashton, Ashton Hill. Hill. Yeah, yeah. H H2O. H2O. Right. The, 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 where would you compare? Like, so, the, the, like, compare that for me. Like, you have a guy in boxing. is maybe better. Yeah. yeah. Right, Silva's but Silv tomorrow would not be. Not, well, he didn't get. Then again, he would not be, fair, be ready for the upper. Did Rosas the, get beat by a killer? Christian Rodriguez did what he had to do. He's a good fighter. Right. He's a talented fighter. But that's fighter. not a. You know, I was going to say if it if it was boxing, you wouldn't. He wouldn't be in there with with a tough opponent. But would he be in there with a Christian Rodriguez level? Um, no. No. He that's would what not. I'm saying. No. I feel like if you want to do it. What's fair? I mean, and, and we're just. But that's the whole point. It. You're not supposed to be. Right. That's why he is looking better. That's why yeah. he has more composure. Sorry, Chuck. But I mean, that, that, if you want to be fair, which the UFC traditionally doesn't do, either you belong in the UFC or you don't, right? They don't. They don't try to do the boxing thing. But you'd almost have to follow that for it to feel right. I mean, yeah. because one more loss, especially if it kind of goes down where he's just overmatched, and you can tell that he, like, you see the green as clearly as you did in the last fight. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. It feels. He he's just it feels here, all wrong. He's not. He's <laughs> just here too early. He's yeah. just here too well, early. Sage Northcutt endured that. A few other people have yeah. it happened. Dude, they derailed happened. the shit out of him. I mean, look, you're asking a lot of a teenager, which is why you've been sort of cautious from the beginning in this role. So, Luke, does it? Does it? Is it just survive in advance yes. and the and will rebuild the hype, or does he need yeah. a hype win? No, I don't think he's anywhere close to fighting good guys. So, well, I'm not saying that, but does he need a spectacular win? No, he needs a he needs he needs a uh, disciplined one. That's what he needs. He needs yeah. a he needs a one that is a considered. Um, how I'm going to attack this round, then the strategy for the next round, based on that, what approach we take, the following frame. If it goes that long, what resources, what positions, what particular sequences, everything. That's what you have to. That's what I want to see. Like just going out there and be like, I'm going to take this guy's back and UFC, you know play speed chess yeah. with submissions. I mean, in the UFC mm -hmm. too, just the way it has been set up, it doesn't matter in which way you're incompetent, right? You could be too young. Like, you can be too young. You can be CM Punk, who just, you know, they're throwing for whatever appeal. You can be James Tony's trying to cross over. It doesn't matter. If a guy is in over his head, it's a, it's a horrible look. Yeah. Because they're not used to having that. They don't want guys in there who are just, like, an average Joe trying to get in a fight. And I'm not saying that Rojas is like that, but he's he is so young that you just don't want to have that look. It doesn't fit. They prefer fit to have there. guys that are in there that are willing to accept 12 and 12. And go through yeah. the DWC. That's true, though. And also, listen, he speaks fluent Spanish. And if you're the UFC, you know, do you want someone who you could say is like an 18? Because in boxing, the Canelo was, you know, like a really, I think he went yeah. pro at 16. 15. Yeah, 15. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, having a teenage young Mexican sensation would be great for them. That would be. But I'm telling you, they pushed him out too quickly. And what will happen, I guess we'll see. But they so, are risking it big time. Noche means UFC night. What yeah, would UFC be UFC night. morning? 
Um, you could say manana on the next day, or you could say, de, well, desayuno would be breakfast. I'm not sure. I don't know. We'll see who has so a, a, a great one. There's only a, one other fight. Like I said, I have, oh, the wow. I have the cognitive recall of a lobotomized <laughs> chimp at this point. Just so. call me angel. On the morning, we I hope, I hope your pubic hairs, I hope your pubic hairs turn to fishing hooks. <laughs> There's only one other fight that I believe really matters, truly matters on this card, and it's certainly in my household. Shavkat. It matters a lot. We can talk so much, and we have about the renewed strength, the resurgence of the women's 125 pound division. The new stable of title BC contenders and risers. Right I know. Hold risers, on. baby. Who <laughs> is rising more in the game of MMA on a 10-fight win streak, including 4-0 in the UFC, than Tracy Cortez? Yep, she's on this card. Who's taking on another 125-pound riser in Jasmine Jazdizius. This is the main card, right? Is this the main card? We don't know yet. We okay. don't know the full layout. I believe that fight is on the main card. It yes. should be. I mean, so, look, Jasmine just had a breakout performance yeah. to, to show us exactly who she is. after Massive she, improvement. She had some stumbles on the way up. Cortez, though, has been perfect for 10 straight fights. Well, this sort of. is. Should I explain <laughs> that? How good is this fight in terms of like the future of this division, Luke? Outside so, of the the exit of the Brian Ortega relationship and the things that we that we also care about. So remember, she, <laughs> she had the win. Relationship? I haven't been paying. She attention. had the win over Gato, but I think that it wasn't necessarily the most inspiring performance. Obviously, before they beating Kish and Egger. And then Vanessa Mello, she hasn't really been tested against someone else right. who's been a rising sensation in a real way in this division. Here it comes. Finally, mm -hmm. we're going to get a good yeah. look. What, she, what we have seen has been very interesting and promising in a lot of ways. Not perfect, but a work in progress. And there's nothing wrong with that. But now we're going to bring that picture, I think, a little bit more into focus. Yeah. Uh, it's a great fight. I actually love this fight. You know, and the, great, di different, different, like, uh, dimensions. Like one tall and rangy, another one a little more short and stout, but still all pretty technical. It's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I had a giant yeah, the body description. Yeah, yeah. I, the body I had a big one in the holster. Like, nah, we'll you know, we were, we were just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna put that right in and walk out of the bank. So, Chuck, is Jasmine Jazdavicious now a future threat to this title in this division? Uh, maybe five? I didn't see that last. It was a Miranda, right? That was Miranda. Miranda was the last mm -hmm. fight. I did not see that fight going down the way it ended up going. Me neither. So. I would say the eyes are on her now, right? Like, and that, that's half of it is just having people pay attention. I think this is a night. It's a big card for her to be on. This is a good spot. Um, Canadian. I mean, the yeah. UFC would love some Canadian talent yeah. to stand out. Yes, and I, <laughs> if she's able to do that in this fight against Cortez, I think that, I think she enters that space. I mean, people are paying attention. I felt like she blew up. On that last fight on social media, I was yeah. like, this is pretty crazy. I, you, you can sometimes see it in that sort of thing. People were paying attention to her, you know? Yeah, I feel like the winner of this fight could be a riser, could make some noise, could get a big Definitely. fight in this division. Either after. way, it's a big win for the for the other person. Like, beating Chase Cortez yeah. means something and being Jazz Davisius means something. Yeah, this is good matchmaking. You got to salute it is good matchmaking, in yeah. that regard. And this division's been on fire. I mean, Chuck, would you agree that 125 has taken over the reins from 115 as the money women's I division? I think so now. I mean, it's, it's crazy because we're filming this before we get the uh, the Rose Namajunas fight. But, sure. But given her, you know, given some of the things that are happening, like Rose entering the picture and where people are at, where the stage, like people coming up, the people are in there, I do think that it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of what ba men's bantamweight was last year. Like where all these Ooh. guys, eight guys, you could match make any way and it would That's be pretty fun. Yeah. 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 I prefer the Baron era at Bantamweight. Yeah. Hen and Burrell, pound for pound king. Oh you know, he just, he just pulled out of a fight that he never agreed to. Did you see that? What? 
He just got pulled from a game bred card, and then he was like, I never actually agreed to that. Dude, he was oh, going to fight bare knuckle MMA. Yeah, that's, that's, bad, that's a bad idea, right? I mean, he's probably still only 29, but he's been on a rough slide. Boy, just right all the CTE, huh? He was on top oh, of the man. world at one point. Yeah, and now his, his brain got rattled. His brain got rattled. <sighs> DJ Dillashaw. Huh? All right. Well, we have broken it down. Not a pay-per-view, but it's got big fight feels. UFC Noche going on in Las Vegas, and uh, <laughs> we gave you the real talk because— By the way, there's a bunch of different Mexicans on this card, and by the way, yeah. they're all from different gyms. Like, Entrance Gym is on this one. Lobo Gym is on this one. But real quickly, I just want to shout out the Mexican fighters make sure we name them because that's why they're there. Uh, let's see. By the way, there's also, like, Roman Kapalov on taking on Josh Fremd, which is, like— so he's still on the Fine, card. Okay. but, you know, yeah, yeah. Why, why the fuck is this here? Uh, Edgar Chaidez is on this card. Da I can't read this shit. Daniel Zell Uber, I guess, is on this card. Um, who else is? Uh, Fernando Padilla is on this card. And Lupita Godinez, yeah, she's on. who I didn't realize this. She trains out of Nova Scotia now. Really? Titan? Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's damn Titan near MMA? Paquette territory, if I'm correct. Or maybe right? British Columbia. I'm not sure which Titan it is. Do you think is. she's been to Mount Unike? Ooh. Uh, if I'm right about Nova Scotia, and it's not British Columbia, because that would be the opposite side of the country. Uh, yes, I would say yes. That's the is. Maritimes. Have you been up there, Chuck? Never been. All right. Never been. I hear it's Fourth nice during certain though. times of the year. Probably fucking cold, bro. Yeah. Probably. They're in, in July. Jay Paquette's in Atlantic time over there. Have you been, you've been to Canada? You've been to I've Canada. been to Canada, but never up in that area of Canada. No, no, I mean, dude, Canada's great. Yeah. I like I, Canada. I do love Canada. I've been... From Flin Flon to uh, Kamloops, uh, you know, going over to... I went whale watching. I went whale <laughs> watching all over the place, in so. Tadoussac in Quebec. Yeah. How about that? That was pretty wait, cool. Wait, wait. That's way oh, up that's the St. Okay. Lawrence, right? Yeah. That's way up. Tofino, that's where I went in, the, uh, in um, British Columbia, the Vancouver Island. Man, talk yeah. about... Like, you're talking about whales? Mm -hmm. Whales breaching all my over. People, it's like utopia out there. BC's talking about the chicks he banged yeah, in college. Oh, oh, I'm so my people are from the... Quebec. Where, where, you yeah. know, so like, you know, people in the U.S. are always like, you know, I back the blue. I back the blue of Quebec. If they want to leave Canada, I'm willing to go with them. They almost did when we were I'm, kids. I'm willing to go with them. I just <laughs> Remember that let vote that in the know. 90s? They almost fucking did that, that shit. That would put me on opposite sides to that Ontarian um, Aaron Bronstetter. And I'm, mm. you know, I'm willing, if I have to take arms in that, I'm going to stand with, with, the, with history and stand with my people. Stand with the Quebecois. Do you think Ariel would turn coat over to Ontario, or do you think he'd stand with us and fight for the big for the for the um, for the floor de lee for the for the big? Well, that's a great question because you know what he's a little bit. He did jump to the Knicks or to, yeah. from the yeah, Knicks to the, the Raptors, Raptors thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Which I did that's notice. Your, yo, that's your he's quarterback. Uh, You're going to yeah, defend no, him? I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he's all about Nottingham, isn't he? Like I don't even know at this point. He's no, like, he's, he's definitely a, a Knicks guy. He's a Forest fan. Whatever. He's a, no, he's a Knicks guy. He's a Knicks guy. Like he he would die for Nottingham. But you know, it's a that's a it's a loser franchise. I mean, let's just be honest. <laughs> that guy. I mean, the one, Wizards are too. If we uh, could go on an Ariel Hawani like streak of podcast awards, that'd be pretty incredible. That guy is <laughs> his. I haven't seen the inside of his house, but his shelves must be filled with hardware. Yeah. Um, yes. Probably. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'm sure. Well, um, Chuck, couple also models. You have trouble. Also, goodbye. pictures that's of his family. <laughs> I would imagine. You know? <laughs> Beautiful family that guy's oh, got. He does. He does. He really does. Okay, so that was just getting stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that was no Trey, no Trey Thomas over here. I could have predicted a, a, a surly ending from one Luke Thomas, but he made it to the finish line. He's just trying to finish. He's a marathon man. <laughs> I hope he gets the sleep tonight he deserves. Put, that some, put some color on that mustache been for Christ's sake. Thomas of Morning Combat, our special guest Chuck Minnenhall of The Ringer. Yes, of, of the Spotify fame. Spotify, yes, sir. Of the Myth.com. Myth.com. I wear them. your hat all the time. Do you it's, really? It's my favorite midlife crisis hat yeah. besides the Bob the Bob Marley One Love hat. All right. Yeah, baby. All right. Pick one up at themyth.com. Do you, do you want, want a shot? Oh, can you grab the Cannibal Corpse? Also, we have the Brendan oh, Schaub Tiger Thick. 
Do you want a shot of Tiger Thick? Oh, boy. Actually, you know what? I'll oh tell you this boy. much. The Tiger Thick is better than the Cannibal Corpse whiskey for sure. You know the thing about Chab is? I have tried this. Yeah, I have he not tried this. snuck in a tasty whiskey. Yeah, he did. Guy. He did. Yeah. Actually, it's pretty good. It's I think pretty anything, good. I don't drink, shop, but. anything Shop touches pretty much is gold. Well, would you say the mountaintop moment for him was... Oh, fuck. This is was, back number one? Was yeah. Crow Cop? It was an expensive bottle right there. What's yeah, that? Was, 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 was Shop's mountaintop Crow Cop? Was that the New Jersey fight? Like The Crow Cop one was good. That was a really good one. Good-ass knockout, yeah. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, uh, did he beat Gabriel Gonzaga too? Probably not. But uh, I can't remember. Right. He had a good one in Jersey. Which one was that? The pro Cop. I, don't, I forget now. I get them all mixed up. But uh, well, he had some good moments. He had. Luke good called moments. his second fight. I did. Yeah. yeah, he had one in the UWC and uh, at the Patriots. The Ultimate there. Warrior Challenge. You're yes. calling fights back then. I did. Yeah, mm. I wasn't. I was. I want you. Your memoir is going to be fast. You should know that uh, my career has not progressed as a commentator because I was quite terrible at it. So. <laughs> very bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very you bad. You can bad find now. Luke's further broadcasting work on Showtime. Thank you very much. Uh, for the great staff here that have stayed up, you know, a long time to put us over here, and for Chuck making the trip, it's been great. Brian Noche. Campbell has full blown AIDS. Yeah. Noche. Okay. This is to the night, to the nighttime, because it's the right time. <laughs> Get fucked. You want to? You're trying to find more to say. <laughs> These are the longest. All right, here we go. Let's so close with this. Longer and longer. I Shut the fuck up. I touch myself. I want you Shut to love me. Up. I forgive myself. I want you to remind me.